I'm Rachel. I'm Spencer. And this is Neon Boots, a 90s country music podcast. So this is a podcast that we're starting. This is the first episode, obviously, um, because of our shared love of 90s country music that we'll talk about. And um, we've bonded over some specific songs, and we want to talk to some of our friends and people we know, and we'll see who else we can convinced to do this uh, about some of their favorite nice country songs and how they relate to those songs now and those sorts of things. Um, and we'll see how this evolves as it goes. Yeah. So our, our plan format for this is that each episode, Spencer and I, as well as whoever our special guest is, will choose um, a song that is special or stands out to us for some reason. Um, and then we'll just talk talk about it. We'll listen to clips and kind of break down why we love the song. But this is our first episode, so you're stuck with just me and Spencer. Um, but we thought, as an introduction, we'd tell you a little bit about why we like 90s country music. Spencer, do you have an amazing story about 90s country music in your life? I don't have an amazing like single story about it, but uh, growing up... Uh, my grandparents lived very close to my mom's house and I probably spent as much time there as anywhere else. And my grandpa in the barn they had, they lived on some farmland, would 24-7 have uh, the Raleigh radio station 94.7, I believe that's WQDR. I feel like that should be ingrained in my memory. (laughs) Um, Playing in the barn, um, anytime you'd walk by or you're in the barn, that's the way you would hear. And so that was just whether I want to hear it or not was very much uh, part of my childhood. And I grew up in Harnett County, so it wasn't like I was, that was not a big part of what was popular in Harnett County because it was, um, you know, rural North Carolina. And so country music was a big deal anyway. Um, But uh, it did just become ingrained a lot of my memories that country music was what I was listening to um, while I was doing a lot of things growing up, even though, uh, my first musical love before that was just 100% Beach Boys all the time. <laughs> I would just sit and listen to Beach Boys, especially the Kokomo single. Yes. Big fan of that. So um, The episode of uh, Full, House Full House with him? Yes. 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 Um, you know, I don't think that John Stamos plays on the single version that I had, but uh, we can only dream. But yeah, so I would listen pretty deep into the Beach Boys. I had a Beach Boys box set as like a, I don't know, seven-year-old which what seven-year-old has a box set of anything um but after that i think branching out was country music first and foremost before branching out from there cool what about you i well i i would like to point out that we are of a certain age where 90s country music kind of hit us at a time um that like thinking about music was important i guess so uh we are we're both in like the older millennial (laughs) elder millennial whatever Uh, group you want to put it into um i'm not gonna reveal my actual age because the lady doesn't do that i am in my early 30s yeah i'm almost to my mid 30s Ooh, ouch yeah so that like 
90s country music was in its prime when we were in like elementary. Apart, but you're already committing <laughs> to mid-30s. Like, you shouldn't do that. I'm, oh, God. I'm just one year away. Yeah. I'm almost there. All right. Sorry. Back to your story. That's okay. Uh, but kind of like Spencer, I grew up in a small town, uh, mostly rural, but in South Carolina. And um, my parents weren't like huge music fans. Growing up, we mostly listened to like oldies and Motown. But um, in the 90s, when country music became a little bit more popular, we that's what we would listen to in the car. And um, it was the first kind of music that was also listened to and accepted by my friends. So I wouldn't just, you know, go to school and sing The Temptations and people look at me like I was crazy, but I could go to school and sing Reba and people would know what I was talking about. So, uh, and I I don't know, um, country music from this era is also... I cannot have listened to a song, you know, for 20 plus years and I hear it and I automatically remember all the lyrics and can think of some sort of experience, usually involving riding the bus to or from school where we were listening or sing, singing to that song. Um, so, yeah, I don't not really any particular standout memory. It was just that time. Yeah. That time in my life. And I think the fact that for... I guess a lot of my peers that grew up in the same type of towns, the same time, like a lot of those songs are ingrained where it's like you can just hear the next line, the same inflection and exactly what it sounds like, even though it's been, you know, maybe 20 years since you've heard it. That Um, just makes me feel old. Let's not say it's been 20 years ago. It's been a while. So the whole the whole idea for this podcast, you know, in addition to us just both really loving this era of, of music, um, kind of started a, a couple of months ago. Spencer sent me a text message where he was bitching about um, the crowd not being. Well, well before that, oh, we, okay. we talked at Hopscotch, a music festival in Raleigh, about um, their Reba song or Reba cover of Fancy. And I think we both agreed immediately that's the best 90s country song. Yes, and so. it, because it makes me cry every time I listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was telling a specific story about how she was crying, talking about how I was crying. And um, I started crying. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was like the first connection. Although I think I probably would just assumed that yeah. 90s country was something that she liked because, again, same kind of uh, background. But yeah, and then I sent this text to her during uh, IBMA, International Bluegrass Music Associations Festival in Raleigh, um, kind of out of the blue, but I knew that she would relate, and I don't know why, if you, are you going to oh, go, I, go the transcript, you got the receipts? Oh no, I had fast forwarded, hold on, let me let me get back okay, to that so one. so basically, I just complained about how I was at uh, King's uh, venue in town for like a official, unofficial IBMA after party with um, I've got it now if you want me just to read it yeah and it's like a super group I guess you would say of people from local bands um, from people that play like American Aquarium and uh, Mipso so like Kate Rudy Ryan Johnson Alex Bingham uh, Libby Rodenbow Wilson Green Charles Cleaver uh, Jan Westerlin, I think I named everyone. I named Ryan Johnson. You did. Too. Cool. Double That's sh- like. Double shout out to Ryan. Yeah, so, Ryan Johnson is the best. So, kind of this like crew of younger Americana musicians in the area, and they are all really awesome on their original stuff, but this was a lot of covers. It was some original stuff, a lot of covers. 
And so um, it was maybe the best thing I saw that weekend, even though it was not bluegrass related at all, but very much hit home. And I love the music of all those people. Yeah. So then I sent this message to Rachel. She's got it. Yeah. So Spencer said Hard Tuck, which is the name of this super group. Hard Tuck just crushed a cover of Strawberry Wine. And there are weirdos here who aren't even singing <laughs> along. I'm sad and concerned for them. And my response was, what kind of assholes don't sing along to Strawberry Wine? I'm singing it as I type and I'm not even there. So, yeah, we, we both felt, had some feelings about that situation. Yeah, like, my thought on that is just, like, you invol- involuntarily sing along to Strawberry Wine. Like, I don't know how... Like, you guys it, listening to this right now are probably humming it as you listen. Yeah, and I totally get it if you just turn this off and never listen again because you'd rather listen to Strawberry <laughs> Wine. However many minutes this is long, divided by the four minutes or whatever that song takes. Like, that probably what I would do. Yeah, absolutely understandable. Well, and so then a few weeks later, you know, again, after we've planted this 90 con- 90s country seed, um, Spencer, out of the blue, after listening to Alan Jackson's Little Bitty, sends me another message saying, why is there not a 90s cover band in the Triangle, and which of our friends can we convince to start one? And 90s country exclusively. Exclusively. Only, that's the only That's thing all they here. can play. Yeah. yeah. And so that just went into, like, a deep, deep hole of us talking about 90s country music. Um, including the um, classiness of Joe Diffie's mustache. Um, <laughs> oh, what else did we talk about? Oh, I don't know. But it, in- it eventually led to us saying we need to turn this conversation into a podcast, which is why we're here right now. So sorry that we've had that text conversation and that you're now listening to this, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah, hopefully you're as interested in listening to Rambling Thoughts about 90s country music that may or may not matter to anyone outside this room right now but uh, we enjoyed it so we figured we might as well do it face to face and with other people involved as much as possible yeah so we have our two songs picked out yep and Rachel in planning these out has very much had like themed thoughts with her songs and I am not all like oh this song is awesome it's not uh it's not Alan Jackson. I thought about that, and I didn't even remember that being in the original conversation. Um, but uh, I'm going with being thematic. Uh, today is Veterans Day, and um, Billy Ray Cyrus's Some Gave All off of his 1992 debut. Um, so not the best-known Billy Ray Cyrus song, but um, I think it... It charted. It was definitely a single. Um, and if you haven't heard it, it's uh, you know about veterans, specifically one veteran. And uh, to me, it is very like the the sound of it is very '90s country. Like it's pretty over the top, produced uh, production wise, um, pretty cheesy sounding. But, like, is very earnest. Um, and, you know, when I was researching more about the song, because in 1992, you don't have the internet to research the origins of a song um, without internet and all that. So, uh, or cable in my case, so I couldn't even turn on CMT, because I don't know if he was probably doing some, dropping some knowledge on there. But uh, he actually, Billy Ray had actually met in 1989 before, before he was recording it. Um, Obviously, because he couldn't record without having written it. Um, uh, a guy named Sandy Kane, which he mentions in the song a couple times, 
uh, I believe in West Virginia, who is a um, war veteran, and he supposedly spoke the words um, that start the course, all gave some, but some gave all, to Billy Ray Cyrus, and then that kind of set into motion him writing the song. Apparently that happened um, rather quickly, and then like kind of throughout the course of Billy Ray's career, um, he has continued to be involved in the military to different degrees. Um, there was a Some Gave All award he gave to like honor um, courage and all that. And uh, he, I only found this out today, um, even though it happened several years ago, actually re-recorded it uh, after touring Iraq and Afghanistan um, with, uh, I believe it was Jamie Johnson and some folks like that that have been in the military. And it was produced by uh, a guy named Don Von Tress, who actually was the one who wrote Achy Breaky Heart and also was a Vietnam vet. So he's bringing a lot of things together with that. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of cool. I don't necessarily prefer that version of the song because it's weird to me, again, with the way these songs are ingrained in my head. Because mm-hmm. um, I definitely had this album. I don't think I knew enough about buying who singles at the time. Who didn't have this album? Well, I mean, you can buy the He Break Your Heart single. But I don't even think I was aware enough. I wasn't a smart enough consumer at that point to realize that that was a, an option. Um, so I had the full album, and so I knew this this one. Um, so it's definitely ingrained. I'm not saying that the new version is necessarily better or worse, but it's not. Uh, for me, it's not. Uh, it's not as good as hearing the original and uh, vocals I associate with it most because the big differences in the vocals. Can we play a clip of the? Original? Oh, absolutely. I can't forget the look in his eyes Or the tears he cried As he said these words to me All gave some Some gave all a really great song for this weekend. Yeah, and I think it's easy for those kind of like America songs to sound cheesy now. I mean, they probably sound cheesy then too. Um, maybe just in the current culture and climate and all that kind of thing, but I feel like in 92, when he, you know, cuts that song, it's, you know, very earnest and again about, um, you know, mostly focused on one, I mean, it can be generalized, but, uh, kind of about his story um and you know i'm sure for billy ray that was affecting to him so even though it's easy to just kind of like chalk it up as a cheesy 90s country song which it is to a degree um you know i think one part that gets glossed over pretty easily when talking about that era of country music is you know there are some some songs with some meaning behind them mm-hmm. that aren't just uh, I mean, definitely a lot better than current day pop country yeah. radio in terms of uh, the meaning behind them. But, and I mean, there were some cheesy songs that were very uh, 
lightweight and fluffy, I guess, for lack of a well, better I mean, term. From from that from his same album. I mean, that well, the yeah. Sun Gave All album is the one that has achy, breaky <laughs> yeah, yeah, heart yeah, on yeah. it. I'm looking, searching for other examples. When, <laughs> when there's one the right there in front of you. It's like, you know, several tracks earlier on the same album, achy, breaky heart. You know, it's probably not so much substance to that. You know, it's debatable. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm with you. I think the fact that this tells the story of an individual makes it... Um, a little bit more meaningful and something that, you know, doesn't seem so raw, raw America, but really kind of shows you the experience of what it's like to be a veteran, which is something that's especially, like you said, today's Veterans Day. So very timely. Good choice. Well, thank you. Well, it's it's um, interesting that you chose this song um, that's a Billy Ray Cyrus song, because I also chose a song that features Billy Ray Cyrus. Um that is Romeo by Dolly Parton, which also features a lot of fantastic 90s country ladies like Pam Tillis, uh, Tanya Tucker, um, and Mary Chapin Carpenter. Um, my sister's birthday is coming up, so I text her and said, what? What was your favorite 90s country song? And funny enough, she first said Strawberry Wine, um, but then she mentioned this song because uh, she had the biggest crush on Billy Ray Cyrus. I could never get into his hair the way that she could. Um, but she loved this song. And I remember uh, we we had cable for a little bit. So I remember watching the video of this, which is so funny uh, because it's all these ladies in a bar basically catcalling um, Billy Ray Cyrus, which I love the turning the tables and turning up the feminism a notch of where ladies get to to be the cat callers for once um and i want to play two clips from this song if that's okay one of them is the actual like ladies part and then the the other one is the bridge with billy ray so here's here's the ladies Dolly so so hard um, I'll also describe in this video like what Billy Ray Cyrus is wearing because it's so <laughs> ridiculous and I had seen this I, I don't even remember the song um, I don't know how I mean it didn't really miss this it, it, yeah it, it charted exactly at 27 like a big country song at the time no. but I can imagine what the video it had probably being a bigger deal on CMT. Yes. Um, and again, I lacking cable just totally missed that unless I was like at a friend's house who had the nice things. Um, <laughs> so I really enjoyed watching this video today <laughs> and kind of learning about the song. Yeah. So um, in the video, Billy Ray Cyrus is, of course, wearing two tight pants, <laughs> um, a black cut-off T-shirt, and his signature mullet. Um, and in, in this video, his hair is almost down to his, like, the middle of his back, which is just ridiculous. But um, he actually has a singing part. He's not just a pretty ass in this in this song. Pretty mullet. <laughs> pretty, oh, pretty mullet. So here's Billy Ray. So standing high, stepping low, stepping out of hell. Stepping aside, let it slide, stepping up This is perfect because 90s country was the heyday of line dancing, and he's basically 
giving you some great instructions on on how to do a line dance. You step it high and you step it low. Yeah, like literally, I think he talks about stepping like twice per line of his <laughs> his bridge. Um, kind of relates, I guess, to the actual you know Romeo part of it, but also just kind of just thrown in there. But I believe Dolly wrote the whole thing, so I'm not going to question her songwriting. No, absolutely um, not. It, Dolly she, did write did write it. She was it's, writing for the singer, I guess, in this, yes. and just thought that that's what was uh, best going to fit. Uh, Billy Ray. I mean, I would. It, it definitely highlighted his strengths. <laughs> I also was reading a little bit about the Dolly Parton and um, Billy Ray Cyrus relationship because I, you know, I'd heard that um, Dolly was Miley Cyrus's like godmother and was interested in learning about how that happened. And um, turns out that. Dolly booked Billy Ray to open for her um, on a tour that was happening about the same time that that Some Gave All album came out and that Achy Breaky Heart was really popular. And uh, I was watching one video with Billy Ray Cyrus where he was talking about um, during this tour, uh, Gossip Magazine started writing about how he and Dolly were having inappropriate relations. And he was so embarrassed because, of course, you know, Dolly Parton is this cultural icon and he's just this kind of greasy guy with a mullet just starting out in the country music world. And he went to her uh, dressing room one day and showed her this Inquirer or some sort of magazine like that with the cover that talked about them, uh, you know, doing sexy things. And he was so apologetic and embarrassed. And Dolly, in true Dolly fashion, was like, honey, this shit sells singles. So, uh, (laughs) just why I love her. The woman who created Dolly World was thinking about the marketing behind that. Yeah. Hey, honey, make that money. Make that money. Um, And so, I guess since that time, they've just remained buddies and... uh, Billy Ray Cyrus ended up make, asking her to be Miley's godmother, which is just, God, a dream come true. I wish Dolly Parton was my godmother. Oh, I mean. I Who just, doesn't? Yeah, seriously. And <laughs> all it took for him to become, like, super tight with Dolly was just these rumors, I guess. And, yeah. And just confirming those. So if anyone wants to start rumors about me and Dolly, um, just knock yourself out. I'll address them with her. I assume then that we'll be, like, super tight. You know, do a song together. I'll star in it. Maybe someone else should do the the visual appearance in the video. Because I don't know if I can bring it like Billy Ray. But <laughs> you gotta um, grow your hair out a little bit yeah, for sure. Yeah, the mullet at least, um, and some tighter jeans. But uh, yeah, that's the dream right there. That is to be to be Dolly Parton's leading man. All right. Well, that went okay. <laughs> <laughs> That happened. <laughs> that happened. That that's our first episode. Moving forward, well, we are going to try and have a guest for every episode after this, where they will also bring a song that's special to them. Um, our first guest episode is going to be our pal BJ Barham, who is uh, the lead singer of a local band called American Aquarium. Um, he local band or a Texas band? They're kind of a uh, well. You know what? Their roots are in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm still claiming them as a local band. Um, But BJ loves 90s country music, possibly more than Spencer and I combined. Yeah, he's the Um, expert we're bringing in here, the big guns early on. Yeah, 
really to start us off with a bang. So you guys will get to listen to BJ next time. Thanks so much. All right, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. He was working through college on my grandpa's farm.